0: That is uh, one of my favorite worship songs. So, um, I and honestly, I, oftentimes when I'm getting ready to come up and uh, teach, preach, whatever you wanna, whatever you wanna call what I do, sometimes I don't even know if it's that. Um, but uh, that time, that worship time. Uh, is is really important to me. It's a time where I just kind of reflect on what God's been doing all week. Um, The scriptures that I've been reading, the the studying that I've been doing, and then just giving God a time to to speak. And then more often than not, I just hear you guys. Um, And it's a really beautiful thing. And so I'm really grateful for that time for worship. And so, um, yeah, I'm so glad that you guys are here. Welcome. Welcome. I, my name's Austin, I'm not sure I said that yet, so I'm a part of the team here at Waypoints. Uh, I'm so glad that I get to do this sometimes. Um, I'm sure you are too sometimes. So today, we're wrapping up uh, our five-week series on the book of First John. Exciting, right? Wrapping it up. I'm excited at least. Um, I'm ready to be reading something else. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm totally joking, I'm uh, kidding, or am I? Or am I? Uh, but seriously, I know that going through a book of the Bible like this, you know, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, it's not always like the most exciting or entertaining uh, thing. But it's, it's raw, right? I mean, we, we, didn't, we don't skip over anything. We read, we read it all. And... Um, even though I'm a little, personally, I'm a little, I'm a little bit tired of John calling me a liar, okay, um, it's my hope, it's my hope that reading through this book together has brought us into a deeper fellowship with God and one another, which is a part of this idea that we've been talking about, real life, real life, which I believe we're all longing for. Life, in wonderful, vibrant, meaningful fellowship with God and each other, real life, identified by our love, so captivating and full because we have this hope of a future so good, so real that we can't help but yearn for it here and now too, real life, which is what Jesus put on display for us, what Jesus has to offer you once for you, here and now, not just life eternal. We'll talk about that. We're going to read about eternal life again, and we've kind of pointed at the fact that like when they said that, that's a reference to the future age or the time to come. And what what we read is that eternal life isn't just like after we die, but it's here and now, real life. It's that idea, too, because I think it can be really easy when we read, oh, yeah, God has eternal life for you to think, like, okay, when I die, cool, sweet, that's awesome, but what do I do now? And so that's what we're getting at when we read this, and I think John has really challenged us in a lot of ways, and so, um, yeah, life now, right, eternal life now, Real life doesn't just come when we die. That's kind of of the point. Um, Perhaps will it be more real? I I would believe so. Um, But real life is very much for you here and now as much as it is forevermore. And so, as long as as this past five weeks have perhaps felt for you, whatever you've gone through during this time or dealt with, again, it is my hope that God has spoken to you through our journey together through this letter that John has written. And if not yet, uh, then let's pray. Let's pray that God does today. So if you would, let's uh, bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. I pray for your word today. As we read from the scriptures, as you inspired them, may you inspire us. May we see today the ways in which you are moving in our lives and in our world. In a world that so desperately needs hope, love, peace, and joy, we pray for you to move, God, to speak. So today, give us ears to hear you. As we listen for you, reveal to us uh, the instruction, the insight, and may we be transformed by the work of your spirit within us. Amen. So if you've got your Bibles with you, um, or if you prefer the Bible app, that's cool too. I, I like the Bible app as well. Um, I invite you to open to First John chapter 5. But before we dive in, um, I will get to, we'll, we'll get there, all right? So I want to share with you guys something. Four years ago, about now, crazy to think it was that long ago, uh, Morgan and I went to Yosemite. Has anyone here ever been to Yosemite? Yosemite National Park. Any? Okay, we got a couple hands, couple hands in the air. Sweet, I heard a woo. Uh, that's great. Um, I am not. I don't. I don't shout woo when I hear about. Let me just say this first. Morgan and I, and I say that we're not like outdoorsy hiker people. Like we're not. We're not big campers. Okay, it's not really our thing. <clears throat> like our definition of great camping is a trip. Um, is a day, like, spent sitting around, or, or a weekend, however you want to do it. Um, spent around awesome food made on a campfire, pretty typical of, of camping. Staying up late, talking, and playing games, also by a campfire, so s- still camping. However, and then sleeping nowhere near the campfire, preferably in a bed. Um, preferably, like, in, a camp, in an air-conditioned camper. That's, that's pretty much, that, that would be it. Like, don't judge me. All right, Jesus loves me too, okay? For you guys who are like, oh, that's not camping. All right, well, that's your perspective, okay? Anyway, our friends that we went to Yosemite, uh, they, they are hikers, they are outdoorsy people. And so they planned this trip for us and they planned a hike for us. And we thought, okay, cool, yeah, I mean, we're going to Yosemite, we might as well do a hike, that's what you probably should do. Like, good idea. Um, yeah, uh, this, I have a photo, this, uh, this photo right here was probably about the only thing good <laughs> about that hike, I will say, um, and I'm only half-joking, the hike was incredibly challenging, uh, but we are, this is, a, this is, and actually Morgan and I are in agreement to never do that again at this point, That's, we still are, that was four years ago, and we're still like, no. <laughs> No. Uh, however, the view from here—and um, this, like you know, it's like when a picture just doesn't even do it justice, right? This is for sure one of those one of those things. Like it's just surreal. The view is surreal, um, and I mean, like this is what the hike was all about. This is this was it. This was supposed to be worth it, and it was. It really was. I'll admit that. Um, but yeah, this was what it was all about: getting here and taking these pictures so I can show my outdoorsy friends. Right? That's what this was for. Hey, I went to Yosemite, and I went on a hike. Here's proof. OK? And I have like 30 pictures from this peak. OK? This, it was just incredible. This is Cloud's Rest. Um, so this is another view uh, from, from the peak at Cloud's Rest. You can kind of see Half Dome right there. So if you're familiar with Yosemite, you kind of know what Half Dome is. Um, and I, so it was just incre- incredible. I occasionally look back through my photos um, when I don't want to doom scroll. Like you know, what I, you know what I mean by doom scrolling. Hold on, don't don't flip yet, don't flip yet. You're good. Um, I don't need to explain doom scrolling. Basically, what you do on Facebook when you probably shouldn't be, right? Like you're you're zoning out. That's what I call doom scrolling, or what it's been coined, doom scrolling. Um, but anyway, so I kind of go through my camera roll, and I go through some of these pictures sometimes, and you be like, wow, that really was awesome. Never want to do it again, but it was awesome. And I have so many pictures of the peak, but I don't have that many pictures of the, like, ascent up or the descent down. Um, I, d- I have some, but not as many. However, as I was looking through these, I realized that the way down or, or the other part of the journey, those photos are actually quite incredible, too. And they're just as much a part of the hike as the peak was. And so if we want to go through some of those, like this is on our journey down, down kind of like the spine. And some of you are a little queasy, I was too. Uh, And then as we kind of went through, there were just some other really beautiful moments. Like obviously the peak gets all the attention, you can go to the next photo. But I mean, on your way down or up, like you just have these awesome views. Um, Here's one of a cool waterfall right? Everybody likes waterfalls. And like these these were just as much a part of the journey, just as wonderful and incredible. Where am I going with this? In John chapter 4, what we read last week, John went off on love, right? And what do I mean by that? The guy said love 27 times in 15 verses. You do the math. It's a lot of love. A lot of love going around. Chapter 4, like we said, like I said last week, or kind of alluded to, this is like the peak of the letter to this church. Love is what John's got most on his mind. Love is the picture that John has the most of when he, lo- when he looks through his camera roll, so to speak, of this letter. Um, and so, however, how he got there was significant, and how we continue will be as well. The perspective that we can gain from the valleys and from the different points of view can be just as incredible and wonderful as the peak itself, as you can see from those pictures. So as we dive into John chapter 5, let's approach the final portion of this letter with a fresh perspective, anticipating the beautiful wonders God's word has for us, okay? Are we in? We're wrapping it up today, I promise. We're not doing 2 John, okay? This is it. Okay, starting in verse 1, chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. If you've been with us for the past four weeks, this should all sound relatively familiar. You're like, okay, we've heard this, we've heard this before. Um, He goes on. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands, and we've heard that before. How does Jesus sum up these commands? Anybody? Love God. Love others or your neighbor. That pretty much sums it up, Jesus says. And his commands, he goes on to say, John, and his commands are not burdensome. Sorry to stop and go. But I think as we read about loving others and we read about his command and his command to love God and love others, and then for John to say his command is not burdensome, right? I think we can kind of get caught up in that. And here's what I don't think John's implying. I don't think John's implying that loving God and loving others um, is ever going to be like easy all the time. But it shouldn't be a burden, he's implying. Actually, explicitly saying. If we feel that it is, you might be trying to do it on your own. And in that case, um, that is far too great of a burden to bear. And we should allow Jesus or be open to Jesus helping us, coming alongside us. It may not always be easy, um, but it's in those times when we can trust Jesus to help us. Verse 4, for everyone born of God, he writes, overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith, or through our faith. The word even isn't even in the original Greek, so it always strikes me. In some of the translations, they kind of put it together more thoughtfully. Um, but, or you can read, this is the victory that has overcome the world through our faith. Through our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? The ones of faith. Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God our victory over the trials of life, over hardship, over the chaos in this world, is a result of our faith. That is how we overcome the hard times. As we we read this, right, as John peaked on love, he then rounds out this journey on faith. Love is awesome. Love is this incredible experience. Faith is hard. Love is hard too. But to have faith sometimes is difficult. But as we grow in faith, we grow in love. The more you love someone, the easier it is to trust them. The more our love for Christ grows, the more our faith for Christ grows. Because faith and love are, they, they mature together. They grow together. They go hand in hand. We're going to elaborate on that a little further. He goes on in verse six. "This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but, or he did not come by water only, but by water and blood." And it is the spirit who testifies, because the spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify the spirit the water and the blood and the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God which he has given us about his son. Water and blood here in this in this particular section is likely a reference to his baptism and crucifixion. His death on the cross. He wasn't just baptized but he was also alive as a human, that's the kind of the two points that, that John is trying to make, because there was this heresy that was circulating in the church at the time that was like, yeah, J- Jesus could come and be baptized, but like he still probably, that was probably just a, a, a vision of him or like a, a hologram. I couldn't think of another word. My mind just went to Star Wars. I don't know. Sorry. But it was an illusion. All right. And so he's saying, no, no, actually it was, he, he bled up on a cross. Water and blood. He was alive. He was human. He bled and died as a human. He's once again combating these heresies. Okay, so, because listen, here's, here's what is underneath all that. To have faith. To have faith is to believe Jesus is who he says he is. Fully human. Fully God. And as the blood testifies to the one, his humanity... The Spirit primarily testifies to the latter, which descended upon him like a dove during his baptism with the words from the Father, this is my Son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Right? That is when we read God's testimony and the testimony of the Spirit. It's it's likely referring to that moment. Like the Spirit testifies who Jesus is, God's Son. We're going to keep going. Verse 10. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe, God has made him out, whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar. Because they have not believed the testimony of God that he has given about his son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And it, this life is in his son. Whoever has the son, has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. He says, I write these things to you, you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. How do you know you have eternal life? He says, I write these things to you so that you know you have eternal life. How do you know you have it? Or, as we've shed light on earlier already, how do you know you have real life here and now? Not just just in the past, but also that too. But not just that, here and now. Glorious, victorious life here too. How do you know you have it? Well, he says, whoever has the sun, whoever has the sun has life. How do you have the sun? By having faith in who he is. By believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, God's one and only Son. When you have faith in Jesus, you have Jesus. And there is something implicative about having something, right? When you have something, that something is, does something for you. Does that make sense? Are you tracking with me? If you have a dollar, you have a dollar's worth. If you have a cold, the cold will make your nose run. It does something to you. If you have a car, you can get from one place, the car helps you get from one place to another. If you have the sun, you have life. When you have faith, you have the Son. You see, faith is not simply saying that what God says is true. True faith is then acting on what God says because it is true. Faith is an embodied way of living out your trust in who Jesus says he is. Faith is... In Jesus should change the way you act. It should change the way you think and live. Because when you have faith in Jesus, you have life—real life. When you have something, that something does something to you. When you have faith, you have the sun. When you have the sun, you have real life. Are you tracking with me? Have I said it enough? As we grow in our faith, we can come to better know and love. Jesus. And the better we know and love Jesus, the easier it is for us to trust him. Right? The better you come to know someone, the easier it is to trust them. The easier it is for them, to, for you to know that they have um, true love for you. It becomes easier to trust that person. Someone has once said that faith is not so much believing in spite of evidence but obeying in spite of consequence. Because trust is integral when it comes to obedience. Why would I obey someone I don't trust? Does that make any sense? What does this mean for us? Will I still choose to trust God and obey and live Live out of a live out the way of Jesus in my life. Even when it's hard. Even when the consequences aren't, the things that I want to go my way aren't happening. Will I still choose to trust and have faith? Am I still going to trust God even if I don't get this raise? Or this job? Am I still going to trust God even when I'm not healed or made whole? Am I still going to trust God despite the pain and horror that I see happening in the world? John goes on, verse 14, he says, And it's in this, in faith, we can have confidence in approaching God. Says this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us, and we know that if He, we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. In faith, we trust that even when our prayers aren't answered the way we want them to. We can trust that he has heard us. We might not know the plan or the way he wants us to take or the way he's planning to take us. But we can have faith and trust that God is good and he will have the final word. And that you will overcome, as John has pointed out so clearly. Verse 16. He goes on, if you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray, and God will give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. And if fear just struck in your heart right now, um, because fear just struck in your heart right now, It's likely not something that you need to worry about, necessarily, however, what John could be referring to is the sin of denying Jesus. If having Jesus is is life, is having life, then denying Jesus, or renouncing Jesus, life without Jesus, is is the opposite of life. Death. To blatantly renounce Jesus and deny Jesus is a life devoid of him which will ultimately lead to death. And he goes on to say, I'm not saying that you should pray about that. But he's also not saying that you shouldn't pray about that. Let's just be clear. If there are people in your life who have renounced Jesus or who deny Jesus, um, I would argue that you should pray for them. But you should also be especially praying for those who have accepted Jesus and struggle with sin, which is all of us, so you can pray for me too. (laughs) Verse 17, all wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. And what he's talking about here is like, don't don't continue to make a habit of sin in your life. There is sin that doesn't lead to death. The perpetual sin that you are habitually choosing continually, that will lead to death. That's not what John is referring to here, but that is what John is referring to here. Sorry. And so, as the, the, it's a, it's it, it can be confusing reading this sometimes. We're like, well, geez, John, what are, what are you what are you trying to say? And he's saying, listen, actually, I'll just read it because <laughs> he goes on. He says, the one who is born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. He says, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Listen, it's going to be hard in this world, but you have overcome. You might make mistakes. You might sin. You're going to slip up. We can go read the rest of John, especially 1 John chapter 2, where he talks about that. But seek forgiveness because you can overcome because you are a child of God. We also know that the Son of God has come and given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. Him who is the real life. And we are in him who is true by being in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and the eternal life. That's how John doesn't quite end it. We'll get to that. Because oh yeah, he says, Dear children, keep yourself from idols, which we'll get there. That's just kind of how he wraps up this, this thing of faith here. This idea, this, this journey down, this peak of love. But hey, listen, love and faith go hand in hand. And he's he's painting a picture for us of this idea. Listen, this is supposed to be an encouraging word for you. Guys, the world is hard. Life is difficult, but there is a promised future that Jesus came to reveal. He put on display for you and for me, and he says, this can be the life for you too. This can be part of what you can experience too. We're about to, after next week, we're about to kind of dive into this Christmas series, which is one of my favorite times of year, not just because it's Christmas and everybody loves, you know, Christmas, um, but we talk about things like hope and love and joy and peace, and we talk about these things that God came to give to us. And John's saying, listen, that that is here for you now too. It has come in a baby by the name of Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us, so to have faith in him, the true God, is to have eternal life. Oh, yes, and dear children, keep yourself from idols. Because where else have you searched for life? It's kind of one of those moments in the story or like if you're watching a movie, and and there's that moment in the movie that just kind of flips the script, and you're like, whoa, has anyone ever seen Sixth Sense? Wow, it's shocking. It's a pretty popular movie. Um, Sixth Sense, so all the way up to the end of the story, I mean, I don't know how old this movie is, but it's old, so spoiler alert, um, he's dead. And you don't find that out until the end. And, uh, and then you're like, what? And it blows your mind, it's kind of like that. I, I, now, I don't know if John's doing that here, but what happens is, is it changes the way you think about the whole movie. You're like, whoa, he's dead. Wow, that, um, that makes sense. Why his wife was ignoring him for years. Maybe, I don't know, maybe your wife ignores you all the time. But hey, it is what it is. It make, you have this whole new perspective. And so as John comes to this point in the story when he's like, oh, yeah, dear children, by the way, keep yourselves from idols. It's like, a, it's like whoa, hold on. What is happening? What is he getting at here? Where else have you searched for life? What else have you put your faith in? And it has failed you. What are the things that you've been tempted to believe is going to give you real life, is going to bring you a sense of purpose, a sense of, of truth, a sense of meaning that has fell short? Keep yourselves from idols because there's one place that your faith can go where it will be fulfilled and it will met, and that is in the person of Jesus Christ. Keep yourself from idols. Through faith, we overcome, as John says. We persevere through the hard times. Through faith, we gain confidence, as John says, to pray and seek forgiveness. Through faith, we encourage, as John says. We encourage one another through prayer and action, and we find unity with God and each other, fellowship And lastly, it is through faith that we can come to know and understand our Father God and His love for us through Jesus. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we have real life. Real life is a life of faith, of trust, who Jesus is, who Jesus says he is, what he says about you, what he says about the ways we should love others and live our lives. It's a life of trust. That's a life of faith. So today, maybe, um, band, you guys can make your way on up. Um, Today, maybe, maybe you've been searching for real life Maybe not just today. I don't know. Just how I said it. Maybe you've been searching. Maybe this series has brought it into question for you. Do I really know what real life is? Am I really living real life? Maybe you've been searching for it in all the wrong places. Maybe you thought you had it and as it turned out, It was fake. Maybe, maybe you know what real life is. And you want that. You want it more than anything else. But there's just something that you can't get over. Maybe you're wrestling with fully trusting God. Or you're struggling, you're struggling with sin. and you can't seem to overcome it. Friends, if that's you today, can I just tell you, um, you're welcome here. The journey looks different for all of us. The hike is definitely hard for all of us. But the peak, the love God has for you, man, it is real. And it's clearly on display for you in the person of Jesus. If you decide today uh, whether you're new uh, to all of this stuff or you're a seasoned church goer veteran, I don't know, No matter where you're at. um, With the rest of our time, if you make a decision today to trust that Jesus is who he says he is. And you're ready to accept his love for you. We would really love to know about that. We would. I would love to know about that personally. We'd really love to know about that. Come find me, talk to me after the service. Message us on Facebook, however you want to get a hold of us. Tell us, because we just simply want to encourage you, pray for you, and come alongside you as Jesus comes alongside all of us as we attempt to live in faith and love and in fellowship with one another for real life. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray for us. We can get out of here. Sorry, then we're going to (laughs) worship. God, thank you so much for this time and this opportunity, Lord, to read, um, read scripture, dive into your word. God, I pray uh, as we leave this series, leave this space. Lord, that you work on our hearts and that there's something that we have gathered from this morning. Maybe it is something. Maybe we're still searching for real life, Lord. Maybe we haven't found it yet. And so, God, would you speak to us this morning and show us it is you and that you are true in that. Maybe, God, it's this morning we're we're, we're struggling to trust this idea of faith and what it looks like in my life. God, I don't don't know that I can move there because I I don't know if I can trust. God, I pray that that your love would be revealed to us in a way that is so captivating that we can't help but trust you. God, we're going to sing about trust. And we're going to lift up your name, Jesus. And I pray on our minds is the most true kind of love, sacrificial love, Jesus, that you loved us so much that you would die for us. God, we're thankful for that word to us today. It's time together. We know you're moving. Open our hearts up to your spirit. May your spirit testify to ours and come to know you better. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name, amen.